attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody, and uh, hello, hello, hello. It's just me, Dana, this week. Adam is out with his family at the most magical place on Earth, Disney World, having the time of his life. So I am here doing the podcast. I have a very special guest who is joining us today. I would like you all to welcome Diana Hoover, who is here via Zoom. Hi, Diana. Hi, everyone. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I, I'm so excited to be talking with you. Diana has an incredible background. She's a former Disney College program cast member, and she did two really incredible roles. She has a lot of kind of personal story kind of intertwined with her time at Disney. And so Diana is going to tell us about her time working in custodial that she began in January of 2010 while she was on her college program. Um, during that experience, she met her husband, who used to work in the same department. Later, he went on to be Darth Vader, which we'll have to get into all of that because it sounds incredible. Um, and she also knows podcast favorite Andrew Cover because they met while they were working in the custodial department. And then later, Diana went back to Disneyland to work in June of 2012 in guest relations for the two parks. So she is here to tell us about both of those roles. Uh, Diana, welcome. So happy you're here. Yay, I'm so happy to finally be here. I know. It was a long time coming. We had like a month. You have a cat. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I love it. What's your cat's name? Uh, toothless. The most un-Disney name we could possibly give a cat. But that's what happens when you let three-year-olds and five-year-old name a cat. Well, you can't see it right now, but um, behind me, I have um, a dog here named Marla Pooch, named after... Marla Hooch from the uh, A League of Their Own movie. Oh, I love it. So we're getting off to a great start with animals. Uh, <laughs> but first off, thank you again for joining us. I'm so excited to talk with you. We went back and forth a ton over email and we had a call. It took like a couple of months just because our schedules have both been kind of nuts these days. But right, I'm very and time zone. And time zone. Yes, you're out in Texas. So I'm glad we could finally make this work. And thank you again for joining. I would love for you to just kind of walk us through a little bit of your Disney experience, how you got your role in the college program. Yeah. So always been huge Disney fan. Um, I remember early on in childhood, there was those Disney sing-along videos on cassette yes. or the VHS. Yeah. I know exactly the, the one you're talking about. The yes, Disneyland yes one. the Disneyland one. Me and my brother, in order to get our parents to take us to Disneyland, would play that on loop at my grandparents' house just to annoy them enough yep. that they'd be like, okay, it might be time. It like worked twice, but that was enough for us. <laughs> That's amazing. That video yeah. lives rent-free in my brain and it's on YouTube. And my daughter has now become obsessed with it. So we yeah, watch it all too. the time. Yes. It's so great. And I, I love like how 80s it is and like the characters oh, all look so a little 80s. different. It's so great. The hair, the hair, the jean shorts. Oh, it's all there. My favorite's like a little girl with that side pony. She's got like crimped hair and it's in the side pony. It could yes. not be more 80s. It's great. <laughs> Okay, so you're watching that a lot. So watching that a lot. And then I grew up in California, but nowhere near close to Disneyland. So going to Disneyland was like a huge deal. And got to college, started getting jobs. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be great to work for Disney somehow someday? And I just started doing some research online. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, they have a college program. I could go work there. They'll figure out housing for me. The only problem was how do I get there? And so it was just always in the back of my mind. Then in 2008, my mom passed away from cancer. Before she passed away, she's like, okay, Diana, I know you really like Disney. You need to go out, do something, break away. And so I gave myself a year after she had passed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Broke up with my long-term boyfriend, packed my bags, headed to LA. Obviously, knowing I had gotten the job, which is a whole <laughs> different story, as I told you before, to backtrack on. I applied for like the normal things. So like attractions, food and beverage, and uh, retail, I think was the third. And in my uh-huh. phone interview, I was telling her all this, like, I just love Disney so much. I'm willing to do anything. I'll even clean toilets. And as soon as that came out of my mouth, I was no. like, oh, <laughs> what did I just say? And she's like, oh, really? So I could put you down for custodial. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever gets me there, let's do it. You're like, anything you say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I got the call a few weeks later that I had been accepted for the Disneyland Day custodial role. And I was like, okay, here we go. Don't know what I'm going to be doing, but let's do it. Oh my goodness. Were you a little bit disappointed or were you like, whatever, it's a job? Um, so my dad's a child psychologist, which is probably why I have such a peppy, cheery position because I always look like Mr. Rogers, always looking for the good, the silver lining. So I'm like, okay, I'm in this role now. I've accepted it. So I went online, did some research, found out some amazing Imagineers had been in custodial. They really liked it. And I'm like, oh, hmm, we can make the best out of this. And so I just went in completely open-minded. I'm like, like anything in life, it is what you make it. So if I wanted to go having a horrid time, like I would have had the worst time ever, but I went in with a positive mindset and I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it fabulous. Oh, that's such a good outlook. I mean, and like you said, in general, that's a great outlook on life for anything, but yeah. So tell us a little bit about when you first got there, correct me if I'm wrong, you were in the college program to do custodial first? Yes. Yes, correct. So those first couple of days, were you first getting some sort of housing assignment? Were you kind of thrown right into the job? What was that beginning like? So the first few days, you move in to the Disney College housing, which is like a mile down the street from Disneyland. And I was so excited. I'm like, I've never been this close to Disneyland before. I'm just going to like pop in whenever I want, sit on Main Street, have ice cream, people watch. like. And I did do that a lot. Yes, Um, of course. So yeah, you had like about... (laughs) three, four days of move-in time, and then they started training you. So that first few days of living there, you get to know your roommates. We just went to the park nonstop. Yeah. And just soaked it all up, this Disney, living there, eating, breathing in, all of it. And then you do the traditions, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like, hey, Disney 101, essentially. And then from, that's I think it's a two-day course, or at least it was when I was there. It might have changed. And then from there, you go to your department. Yeah, I think mine was a one day, but I think they gave us a truncated version because I was in the college program as well. And we started kind of in the quarter system instead of the uh, semester system. So they gave us a shortened version. And my memory from traditions was thinking like, hey, like you, I'm a big Disney fan. I love Disney. I know a lot. And they did a trivia to like start it off. Yes. Did they do this for you too? (laughs) And people were ravenous with the trivia. Like they knew so many very specific questions. I was like, I could name all seven dwarves. And they're like, we can name the seven dwarves middle names. And I'm just like, who are these people? Like 
People knew so much about Disney. Like, I was like, oh, I am in a different league. I understand now. Yeah. It's like, I'm not the only one. And there's people out there that are above me. Yes, for sure. I didn't know that was possible in my own little bubble until I got out of that bubble. Yep. I was the same. Okay. So you do traditions. And then when do you start training with uh, custodial? Right after tradition, she just goes straight into custodial. It was a week-long training. And um, we didn't do restrooms right away. I think they Because we were a semester-long course. So they got us like six, seven months, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, so for custodial, it was just trash 101, sweeping. There's a proper way to sweep. And if you don't sweep all right, you're going to get arthritis in your wrist and in your index finger. And... They were right because I feel like I'm getting arthritis now in my hands because I was like, this is silly. I'm like 22. I'm not going to get injured on the job. Yeah, I should have listened probably a smidge better. But. Oh, no. Well, now I have to ask, when you sweep around the house, do you sweep the proper non-arthritic way? I do. Sometimes I whistle a little tune or two. That's amazing. Um, okay. So training, I mean, were you through the training process? Was it all pretty clear or were you like, I don't know about this job? Like what were your emotions at that point? Well, they were all over the place. Like this was like my first time being this far away from my family. Brand new, didn't know anyone, had just met Andrew (laughs) and, uh, his future wife, Katie was my roommate. So I was just starting to make new friends, trying to figure out this new role and, but our, we had some awesome trainers. Like they were just so kind and understanding and hilarious too. Custodial kind of has like this sense of humor that I feel only people custodial really get. <laughs> um, but that's just what makes it awesome. It was just such a tight knit and welcoming community. So it really took away the anxiety pretty quick of what the heck am I doing? And just dove right in. Oh, good. Good. Um, Tell us a little bit about some of your favorite memories of being a custodian. Did you get to go some cool places? Did you get to see some unique things that maybe you wouldn't have if you were in a different department? Well, the cool thing with custodial is you're not just tied down to one store or one or two attractions. You go all over the park, both on stage where the guests are and also behind the scenes too. So that's cool. So you get to go know the ins and the outs of the attractions. Um, A lot of times you have to do cleanup in the middle of an attraction. Like if someone gets sick or um, tries to add a new ghost to the haunted mansion, so to say. No. Yeah. Did that actually happen? Did you ever get a call that was like, come clean up some remains that people have left over? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What people don't necessarily realize, even though they try to be very discreet and sneaky about it, is Disneyland has some seriously high tech night vision cameras and they see everything. Like you cannot get away with anything on those attractions. And I've seen, I've gone up to the security booths behind the attractions a few times because. In this role, you get to be friends with everyone. You're friends with attractions, security, uh-huh. merge, which is just awesome. And then they kind of get to show you their unique ins and outs to their area. That's so, so cool. Uh, had to do it once, not for Honda Mansion, though, which I was kind of bummed about. I really wanted to kind of go down into the depths of the ballroom, but didn't get to do that. But it was on a Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Was it like a... a- 
as we used to call it, a protein spill is how they called it in Florida, but that was when somebody yeah. maybe- It was called a, a HEPA because that's the vacuum you have to use. It's a special uh-huh. air filtration vacuum. So when you vacuum up the dust, it uh-huh. doesn't go back into the air for everyone else to breathe. And it was always quite the production because you had theme park one come out. You had the attractions lead. You had your lead. You had your managers. You had the cast members from the attraction. You had every single cast member from custodial working that area that day, all to watch one person with a vacuum. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So did you have to be the one person with a vacuum or were you one of the people having to oversee when that happened on Big Thunder? Yeah. I I was just next to my lead that one day and he's like, you down? I'm like, yes, here we go. And so it was like mission impossible. And we just hightailed it on over and then I just got to stand there and watch, but it was a learning experience. So if I was ever the one to be called, I would be able to do it, which luckily that was the one and only call. Good. So I'm understanding this was like on the ride. Like you guys had to like stop the ride and like walk on the, the ride tracks or something. Yes. So when that happens, they let people pass through to the end. Mm-hmm. They don't unload everyone. They just do a one-on-one, a complete shutdown. Everyone exits the queue because it, takes a while for cleanup. We never know if it's just one key thing or big thing. Mm-hmm. And then we all lock into the ride so they can't, we put our IDs in, get a key, lock in. We have that key on our wrist so that way they cannot start the attraction as long as we have a key. Cause you don't want to get hit by a train. No, you don't. In any walk of life. It's just not a good day. You don't. And so what I'm hearing you say, Diana, is maybe think twice if you put in your will that you want your ashes spread at Disneyland because that might not actually come to fruition. Pretty much. Yeah. Got it. Good. Good call. Um, Oh, do you have any other memories? I know when we talked with Andrew, he said he loved walking the lines and, you know, cleaning out the trash bins because he would get to like interact with guests and stuff. Do you remember getting to interact with anybody fun? Oh yeah, me and Andrew actually had a, a lot of similar memories because we shared a lot of the same shifts together. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember um, after fireworks and we would do that final crazy cleanup that I know he talked about on one of his episodes is we would go over to Toontown because Toontown was completely vacant. And we would just go to town, sweep in those lines, detailed cleaning. And it was our, one game was like trying to find the most obscure places that would have like trash stuck in. Because if you know Mr. Roger, um wild ride it there's a it's all inside the line is completely inside so trash yeah. kind of gets tucked places where you wouldn't think so mm-hmm. we'd always be trying to find like new places like how many wrappers do you think is in this tiny little hole and we would spend 30 minutes just picking out wrappers wow but as long i loved our interactions with guests because you're out there you're standing in line and you always get the question like hey so you're gonna go on the ride after this and it's like no mm. But I'm enjoying talking to you and you always meet sweet families and they love to share their memories with you. But as much as I enjoy talking to people, the after hour shifts were pretty cool because Disneyland is not always open to midnight when I work there. Sometimes in the off season, we close at eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And so you would be scheduled to go till 12 or one in the morning. I know your managers would just think up the most random odd jobs for you to do in the park for detail cleaning, whether it be cleaning out the gas lamp posts, oh yeah, spider webs and stuff. And you have to get up on like these 15 foot ladders and 
you would just kind of go everywhere in all these little places Wow! that normally don't get clean. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you remember, uh, this is like something I remember hearing a long time ago, and I'm curious if you have any memory of this or if it's kind of just rumor, but I always heard that there was like a rumor that they would, um, and this probably was more of like a painting detail department, but that they would <laughs> clean the carousel horses every single night and like power wash them and sometimes come back in and like retouch up their paint if like any of the power washing went off. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. On those shifts where we would work that late, we would always get to meet the the night crew, the night custodial crew, which was a whole nother breed. (laughs) Talk about detail cleaning. They would come in with these massive power washers and just douse down the sidewalks, douse down the restrooms. That was a whole new level of clean I have never seen, but I would like them to come to my house and deep clean. Yeah. Because that would be lovely. Just clean while I sleep, please. Yeah. Can we pay them by the hour to come over for a second? Yeah. Those power washers. Um, what was like the most disgusting part of being in custodial? I have to imagine you cleaned a fair amount of spills and such. Oh, yeah. I cleaned it all from um, horse poop to human poop. <gasps> Ooh. Hopefully that was in the bathroom. No. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, but we... We did what we did and we came out there quick and no one was none the wiser. We cleaned it up before anyone realized what had happened. And uh, obviously when you give kids mass amounts of sugars, churros, Powerade, um, things tend to come up a lot. And yep. now as a mom, I'm really appreciating the level of grossness I got to experience at Disneyland because now I'm like, eh, vomit, here we go. No big deal. Nothing can phase you um, now. Yeah. Back when I first started, I was a little bit squirmish, but you have to get over that real quick. And there's, I even try and make vomit spells magical. Um, Cause you have to get out there and we had like this disinfectant spray foam. So instead of getting everything set up while it was just staying there, I would spray foam the three circles to make a Mickey head to Aww. cover it all up typically. Cause you still have guests walking by in every which direction and you don't want them just looking at, some poor kids lunch or snack yeah. so oh. just cover that up real quick okay get my supplies set up clean done yes oh yeah of course um tell us a little bit about how you met your husband while you were working in custodial yeah so uh he at the time was working in entertainment and he had just left custodial so he still knew a lot of people in custodial. And one day working over in New Orleans Square, I saw this pretty cute tall guy talking to a few of my friends. And so I just skipped my way up and introduced myself. And it was a slow day at the park. So I could chat for just a little bit with who I thought was a guest in all fairness. Turns out he wasn't. And continued talking and then met him later backstage and turned around and all of a sudden there was a phone flying towards my face <laughs> and luckily I had caught it in time and I look at him I'm like what is this for and he's like to put your number in and I was like oh and he got my number oh that's so sweet that, that had to be the best corniest pickup line <laughs> I've ever accepted and mildly and, dangerous and it worked out yeah yeah mildly dangerous <laughs> um I could have dropped his phone and then that would have been all over. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be terrible. Um, can you tell us a bit about his role? Because I know he uh, had a pretty cool role in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think he might be sharing about his role as he comes down the stairs. 
Okay, yeah, we're good. So uh, he originally got hired to be, I guess, how you would say it when you're working there, to be friends with Darth Vader. Yes. Um, there, he was working custodial at the time, and he, a few of the guys had heard about this role that they were currently looking for, and you had to be over six foot four and be coordinated. And they're like, hey, Ian, you should go for this. And he showed up to the auditions, got the role, and went on to become friends with many of the tall characters at Disneyland, but obviously friends with Darth Vader was probably the coolest role you could have had. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause I worked in the entertainment department and I always laugh looking back at photos when uh, with my other fellow, you know, character friends who worked in the department and I have friends who are extremely short and then extremely tall, very few middle ground, you know, friends. Yeah. Height wise. So yes. totally oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Jedi training show. Um, it's no longer at Disneyland, which is so sad because it was the coolest guest interaction I think Disneyland had to offer. And I know Walt Disney World had it too. Yeah. And I used to always come and sit at those shows and just, I, I knew all the Jedi masters, uh, obviously through my husband working with them. And I would always later after they got off work be like, why didn't you pick me? And they're like, it's 12 and under, Diana. Calm down, just sit down. And I'm like, no, one of these days, <laughs> one of these days. And they, they never did call on me. Oh. But I did have the routine memorized just in case, just in case I got that one chance. You're like, I'm ready for this. I'm trained for this, but no. Yes. Oh, that's so no. cool. So you guys got to really date and get to know each other, like through the time that you were at Disney. Did you guys do like some fun dates at the parks or have any like sweet moments that you kind of always cherish that involve the theme park? Yeah. Um, normally after shifts, we would always work pretty late, especially in custodial. Normally I got off at like 1130 at night. So we were pretty tired, but we would sometimes meet up if I got off a little early, spend some time in the parks. And he actually proposed to me just a few steps away from where we had met in New Orleans Square. Oh, So that's always special. Uh, I don't, I'm sure everyone knows that the exit to Pirates of the Caribbean, they do the character drawings. Oh yeah. I've always wanted to get one of those done. So one rainy day in December, literally six months after we had started officially dating, He's like, hey, let's get this done. And I'm like, oh, oh, yes, let's do it, please. Are you are you sure it's not too expensive? He's like, oh, no, let's treat ourselves. Cool. So we sat there for a while, and his brother was with us that day with his then-girlfriend. He was taking pictures because he knows I like to do art. So he was taking pictures of the process oh, of the art. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, I didn't know this, but <laughs> they had to put a sign above it that said, please keep the secret. Because a few little kids had walked by and almost spilled the beans. <gasps> oh. And so after about an hour of sitting there in the middle of a rainy day under an umbrella, they turn it around. And I was initially mortified because I had been joking like, hey, when are you to propose? It had only been six months. I was not expecting it. Yes. And so I thought like she was playing a joke on us. And I was worried that he might be upset and then I turned to look at him and he's obviously down on one knee with the ring box and everything. So wait, what did the drawing look like? Was it him proposing as a drawing? Yeah, I actually have it, but I know no one can see it on the podcast, but it's him down on one knee proposing and I have my little Mickey ears on and everything. And and then right as they do that, the entire, uh, hopefully I 
don't think anyone will get fired for this. Jedi Training Academy had come out on their lunch break and were hiding in all the stores around waiting for him to propose. So they all came out with signs that said, congratulations, you got the girl. And one of his friends held up a sign and he's like, I'm really glad I didn't have to use this sign. And it said, it's okay, you'll get her next time. (laughs) (laughs) So always jokes going on with Jedi. I like that they had a backup plan. That's kind of hilarious. But no, that is so sweet. You'll have to send us a picture of the drawing so that we can put it on our Instagram when this uh, episode goes up. Yes. Because that is so sweet. Um, and then you also got to know Katie and Andrew Cover, who also met at the same time, right? Like you guys got to see that relationship begin. Yes. We were all in the same Disney program together. So I was living with Katie. She was my dorm mate. We didn't share the same room, but she was my dorm mate. So obviously loved her and her love for Disney. And I remember one night we were all hanging out bored and we put on the Fantasmic music and she started doing Mickey's choreography to Fantasmic. It was the best thing I've ever seen because no one sees the facial expressions going on under the mask. Right. And man, does she have some fantastic facial expressions. And then obviously, yeah, just seeing her and Andrew kind of hang out together. And I remember him, I think he dated one other girl at the time, but in the background, minds were like, guys, just, just go together. Just go, just just we, we all know it's going to happen. Just go together. And sure enough, I think it was by the end of the program, they had just started dating. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, I mean, Andrew is a popular interviewer that we have on the show often. And so I know people love hearing his stories and everything, but I just love following their Instagram accounts because they are always at Disney. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so they always have just the best time. They try great foods. If you don't follow Andrew Cover on Instagram, you all should because you're he, missing out. He does. He and missing Katie big time. Yes, and they do a really fun like um, taste test game all the time with like name brand or not. Oh, yeah. And I love it when they do it at the parks. They'll taste test churros and try the different ice creams. So if you want your like dose of Andrew Cover and Disney, Disney food, follow him because <laughs> it's so fun. All right. So now I know after a few years, you transitioned from working in custodial to guest relations. So tell us a little bit about what that experience was like to go out for a new role within Disney. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little intimidating. So quick backstory, finished college program, left for a year, came back to custodial. And Katie obviously worked guest relations during her college program. So I kind of got to hear all the cool things she got to do. And it was like, ooh, if I ever come back, this would be a really amazing role, especially when you have such a, a love for Disney knowledge and the fun, quirky facts and sharing that with other people. That's really kind of the department you want to get into. And so I applied and I'm like, oh, not too many day custodial people have ever gotten this role, but I just submitted it. And I'm like, here we go. And sure enough, I got the interview and I was so nervous. I was like sweating and panting. I'm like, I'm talking probably 10 miles too fast, but I I guess I I got it. And (laughs) I actually thought I got fired before I got it because looking at the books for day custodial back when you had the binders that you used to have to look at um, before it was all posted online, my next uh, two weeks were blank. And I'm like, okay, it's down season. Like, I understand maybe working like two, three days, but completely blank. So very nervously, I thought I had pissed someone off and then we're going to fire me (laughs) because 
I went down to talk to my manager. I'm like, okay, so just give it to me straight. Am I fired? He's like, no, why would you think that? And I'm like, because the next two weeks are blank for me in the books. And he's like, oh, did no one tell you? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you got to accept it to guest relations. And I'm like, oh, amazing. <laughs> but no, no one had told me. That's kind of a horrible way to find out, but great that that was the outcome and not like, yeah, yeah. no, you're done here. Um, yeah, exactly. So you got to start pretty quickly into guest relations. What was that training process like? Because, and that maybe we should take it a step back and just remind everybody what guest yeah. relations is. Guest relations, if you go to Disneyland, you it, this is where if you have an issue, a lost child, you ha- need information, you want to talk about how to work around the parks and get a map, you want a button, you can go to the guest relations location that's over by the firehouse. There's also a few other roles within guest relations that I know you're going to get into, but you're basically yes. the forward-facing kind of ambassador of Disneyland. Yep. Lovingly called the plaids. Yes. Based off our plaid skirts and vests. And yeah, the first thing you get trained for right off the bat um, with custodial is kind of like a one lump training. And then maybe later on you get trained for restrooms or specific special events. With guest relations, it's very step by step by step. So the first thing was lost and found. And that was, I want to say a three, four day training, which was kind of intimidating because you have to answer phones. And this was my first time answering phone as an official Disney employee. And I'm like, hello, this is Diana. Thank you for calling in Disneyland's Lost and Found. How can I help you? <laughs> I was just so nervous the first few times. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's watching me. Hopefully I don't mess this up. This is like the dream role for so many. And sure enough, after a few weeks, you get used to it. And that's a fun one because you kind of get to see everyone's stuff that they lose a lot of sunglasses a lot of mickey ears a mm-hmm. lot of jackets yeah um a lot of electronics too a lot of cell phones and, and uh, such my my mother-in-law lost her cell phone on tower of terror and they found it we were able to track it and she went to lost and found the next day and got it back yeah and and uh there there is incentive for cast members at least when i worked there to return things that they would find because you could put a claim on it. So if it wasn't claimed within 60 days, then it could be legally yours. So if you found a nice digital camera and returned it, if within 60 days it wasn't, or it might be 90, don't quote me 100% on that one, <laughs> but then it would be yours. And I remember once we had a cast member turn in a beautiful coach wallet, like I was jealous, this wallet was gorgeous. It belonged to some of our guests that were visiting from China it had their passports in it and about $10,000 in cash. Oh no. And this cast member, this cast member returned it like fully intact. Wow. And I'm like, I, I wrote a letter to that person's manager. I'm like, this person's a saint. Yes. Um, I, it's been in the news a lot. We are grossly underpaid, but the magic always triumphs. And this person realized that this might destroy a vacation. And they actually turned it in and when we get items in, it's never just one person checking it. It's always three people because we all vouch for each other that nothing was taken out of the wallet. Everything is in at this time. And wow. luckily, we were able to find those guests. Oh, good. After like a, a day. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, How were they not like freaking out like in the hour that they had lost it? But apparently, they were good for a whole day without it. They hadn't even noticed. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Lost and found. I mean... I've heard that there's been some crazy stuff. I think another like fun fact I read is like people have turned in glass eyes before and you're just like, how did that 
get lost, but um, yeah, yeah, there's some unique lost and found items for sure. Some unique uh, medical grade equipment that you're like, I don't know how this person's walking right now. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, we once had a, a prosthetic leg turned in. It's like, well, clearly we're going to be getting this one back to that person really soon. Uh, yes. Unless they brought a spare. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not sure how that one was lost. I always wanted to know that story. Yeah. But, well, yeah. So that person must have come back for it because they probably recognized mm-hmm. it was missing. <laughs> um, yeah. But I didn't stay in Lost and Found long. Um, after that, you go on to the information boards and the Make-A-Wish Lounge, um, which I love because you're finally just out in the park interacting with guests and they want you to make every interaction as memorable, informative, and magical as possible. And so I just ate that up. Will you explain to everybody what the boards are, what you're referring to? Yeah, so they're throughout the parks and um, they have these magnet strips with the most popular rides, Uh, typically the e-ticket rides as they're referred to as. Mm -hmm. And it shows you the approximate wait time and it's updated every 15 minutes. But it's also a place where you can come to get buttons, ask questions like, hey, before I walk all the way across Disney California Adventure, is this restaurant open or how long is their current wait? And we could pick up a phone or a walkie-talkie and just call over and find that information out for them before they make the long trek. And I'm sure Walt Disney World is an even longer trek to that location. Oh, for sure. Of course, this is back before they have the apps where you can easily get that information now. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Like we use the app a lot, but I still see, you know, we were just there a couple of weeks ago and I still see the information boards are up and they're digital now. Yeah. Um, but they still have usually two or three uh, people in plaid, the guest relations people out there answering questions and stuff. So it's also just good to remember that like you can talk to a cast member that's like right there by the hub so if you have a question they're gonna have that answer for you yeah and then the other part of that training was the excuse me the make a wish lounge which was part of a rotation so you would kind of go to a few different locations during your info board shifts and one of those was the make a wish lounge which is always right next to first aid and i'm sure those of you familiar with make a wish foundation know that it's a place where Uh, severely ill, if not terminally ill, children and their families um, have magical trips uh, given to them Mm -hmm. through various other charities that help support it, like Disney. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was what it was. It was a lounge. It was decorated inside to kind of look like the genie's bottle, because obviously the genie grants wishes. So they have nice day beds, so kids needed to come take that break, rest, because Disneyland is exhausting. Even if you're like an adult, oh, and healthy, yeah. it is end of the day, you're like kaput. So it was a place where they could come relax. If they needed to take medication, they had first aid with trained nurses next door to help with that. We also had some snacks if they're feeling ill. We had ginger ale, Sprite, some saltine crackers, bananas, apples. We also had uh, Disney movies and board games um, for siblings to play if brother or sister needed a rest. Uh, so it was just, it's one of those places that you're glad it exists for those guests, but you don't want it to have to be there. You want everyone to come in being able to have that happy, healthy, memorable experience. I didn't know that existed. And that's so sweet. I, I did know in Florida at Disney World, we had a special room um, for the entertainment department that was right off of guest relations. And it was a mm-hmm. room with some sofas. It kind of sounds similar 
And that's yeah. where we as a character would go and interact with a family if they needed to have a little bit more of a private space, mm-hmm. um, less overwhelming with the crowds. And we would go in there. There was a couple shifts that that was um, part of the requirement if there was a family in there and they wanted to meet yeah. um, Chip and Dale or Mickey Mouse. That was an option to them. So I think that's really sweet to hear yeah. that Disneyland has something similar. Yeah, we would also, um, because it was right next to a backstage door, so we would also get entertainment sometimes in there too with the characters for those kids if they weren't able to go out into the park or they just wanted to meet Alice, but time is running out and they were just too exhausted. Alice could come in and greet them real quick and have that really unique one-on-one memorable interaction with that family and that child. Yeah, that's so sweet. And so, okay, so you did the board, you did Lost and Found. Do you remember when you'd work any of like the front desk kind of stuff, like any crazy questions or experiences you had? Oh, yeah. City Hall, you get you get the good and the bad that you make good. Uh-huh. Uh, there was always that one guest that would come in asking or firmly asking to speak to the mayor of Disneyland which we took turns rotating who the mayor was going to be that day. Oh my goodness. (laughs) There's no official mayor of Disneyland, but when you work in city hall, sometimes there's a mayor, Uh a pill, um, but it was all of, okay, let's, how can we turn this negative interaction to something positive? We understand that people spend thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars on their Disney vacation. So it's understandable when things go awry it's not what they expected. They get frustrated. We always try and find that common ground. We actually have a room off to the side where if things really need to be laid out and discussed, we can remove them from that situation and kind of give them a more calming. Um, but those for every one of those interactions, there's at least 50, hi, can I have a button? Yeah. <laughs> Which was the main reason because we had all the buttons. We had the anniversary, the birthdays, the first time visits. We had the special honorary citizen buttons Ooh, from time to time. I know those ones. And I forget how they started, but we just got them and it's just like key to Disneyland and it says honorary citizen. Cute. And most of the time we would just give them out if people requested them. Um, if it was a slow day, I would quiz them. Oh, nice. And I'd be like, okay, you could do this, but you have to name seven dwarves or you have to name three Disney horses or some kind of obscure questions. I would like, I would ask if you want the beginning, intermediate or advanced. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, whether or not they got it, I always gave it to them. And if it was a little kid or a little kid at heart, I would make them take an oath to be an honorary citizen and a pledge. But of course that was just my own special thing I did. It was completely off script and I don't know if it would even be allowed now, but back in 10 years ago, we kind of got away with a lot more. I think that's really sweet. Uh, So I know city hall is, you know, for those of you who need a quick refresher, when you walk in kind of past the train station on the left is where off to your left, yeah, off to your left, you're going to see the city hall spot. And then right next door is um, the firehouse then above the firehouse is the famous Walt's apartment. I'm dying to know, did you ever get to see Walt's apartment? Yes. Yes. That's part of the, the training. Because obviously you're working pretty much right below it. And as part of the training, they take you up there and you can sit down on the, or they used to let us sit down on the little day bed couch that they had up there, wow. which is where he actually slept. I don't know if it's the same mattress. 
being over 60 years, it might have changed a little bit. Probably not. But uh, one fun fact that I'm sure a lot of your viewers know is that there's a lantern that's always lit in the window. And that's so you always know Walt's there. Because back when Walt was alive, that's how he let the cast members know that he was in the park that day. He would light that and then everyone would know, okay, you're on your extra good behavior. No shenanigans are happening today. Right. So now it's constantly lit 24-7. Oh, can you, do you have a memory of what the interior looked like? Can you kind of paint us a little bit of a picture? Yeah, it kind of looks like how you'd expect uh, Marsley, Missouri, Main Street to look like at the turn of the century. It's very uh, Victorian, Victorian American kind of style, pinks and greens and just very comfy, a welcoming, perfect if you have a late night at the office and need a, cra- ca- a, a couch to crash on. That was a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> so that went 10 times fast. Um, yeah, I've seen a few pictures before, and, and my understanding is that he, he Walt, would have his grandkids sometimes stay overnight, too, on a rare occasion there. Yes. So cute. Yeah, and I think they still have his, his grilled cheese maker up there is still up there, too. That's I mean, who doesn't love a girl or cheese? Yeah, I know. So when you were there, did you feel like – did it feel extra special to be in that very coveted apartment? Oh, yeah. And I, I fully well knew the specialists are going to be up there. Uh, you can still visit it, but it's part of the walk, Walking in Walt's Footsteps tour, which is obviously an extra add-on experience that you have to pay for. So I knew that getting to go up there and kind of just explore, obviously very lightly explore. I'm not like digging through drawers or anything, but you kind of just feel transported back to when the park had first opened in. This is kind of where dreams were envisioned and he would watch construction happening all over the park because I don't ever remember there being a time at Disneyland where there wasn't something under construction. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, oh, if I look out this window, this is the window Walt looked out of watching guests walk up and down Main Street. It just transports you. It was so cool. Oh, that's so incredibly special. Um, You had such a unique experience, both with custodial and guest relations. I think you really like won the jackpot on those two super awesome roles there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I would highly recommend both to anyone. And they're both very individually unique, but they both can tie in together at the same time. And I found myself even in, uh, they tell you in uh, traditions that there isn't just custodians that do it. We're all custodians to the park. It's all of our jobs to take care of the park. So if you see a piece of trash and you often see managers walking by with their little trash picker up or pincher things. Little clippers, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, they'll pick up trash as they go. It's, it's everyone's job. We're all custodians to keeping that dream, keeping the magic alive. Yes. Oh, that's so special. Um, okay, well... Diana, thank you so much. I th- thank you for sharing your story. And it sounds like you had just the loveliest time working at Disney. Before I let you go, I have to do our rapid fire favorites. So it's exactly like it sounds like. Oh, bring it I on. I want you okay. not to give it too many thought. No, no, no brain cells to this. Just right away. What is your favorite and why? Um, so I have nine questions for you. Okay. Um, are you ready for this? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. All right. First up, what is your favorite Disneyland ride? Pirates of the Caribbean. And why? Who does 
doesn't love Pirates of the Caribbean? A, it's the longest ride. So if it's a long wait in line, you're getting the most ride time for your patients. Um, yes, totally. HVAC, HVAC, hot summer day, rainy day, you're not going to get rained on and you're not going to die of a heat stroke. It's perfect indoor cooling. Yes. And it's just one of those cool, authentic Walt rides, even though he never got to envision it. I mean, he sat in that little rolling uh, office chair and went through the model. So he knew it was coming. Yeah. And it is just so cool. I know. It's so great. And the music. I recently learned about that ride and it's 16 minutes long. Like we did a whole vault about that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is you're exactly right. You get the best bang for your buck when you wait in that line for that ride. Can't go wrong. Okay, your favorite Disney food. Churro. Yes. Who doesn't love a good churro? It's sugar and carbs all wrapped up into one. I'll take 10. Yes. And I know you've never gone to Disney World, but I'm just going to let you know now, Diana, they are not the same at Disney World as they are at Disneyland. Disneyland's <gasps> are far superior. No. I know. I know. Oh, they need okay. to step up their churro game out there on the East Coast. Um, okay. Your favorite Disneyland resort? Ooh. Like, do you mean like hotel yes. or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Disneyland? hotel resort yeah just because it's a classic every room's the quintessential like disney experience i have never done the grand california adventure i stayed at paradise here that was also lovely but the disneyland resort the proximity you get that they have a really cool peter pan theme pool which is awesome yeah and a little tiki bar over there so that's nice but Never been to Walt Disney World, so I know I'm missing out on so many more resorts. You That you so, are. That They have some great ones those. out there. But yes, no, I agree. The Disneyland Resort is darling. Um, okay, what is your favorite Disney park? Disneyland. It's the one and only. It's the original. Like, how could you not? I, I've never been to Walt Disney World, so I'm sorry to those viewers. But Disneyland, like... Walt dreamt and created. He saw it. He walked those streets. How can you not? The nostalgia. Uh, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I know. I love it. I wish, you know, if if we could make it a little bit bigger so that it's a little easier to walk, that would be great. But that theme park really packs a punch. I think they have like the most rides per any of the Disney parks are at Disneyland. So if you're wanting to go for rides, Disneyland is your girl. Um, okay. Your favorite season to be at Disneyland? Winter. Yes. Why? But but not Christmas. Christmas is a little bit too crowded. I love a good Christmas decoration. The lights are gorgeous. But end of January, preferably, or early February, no one's there. Even pass holders probably won't go on the rainy days. So you really just get the park to yourself. You'll probably have one or two big attractions that are under construction, but for the most part, That park is yours if you don't mind getting a few pairs of wet socks during your trip. It's it's so cool. Girl, you're speaking my language. That's my favorite time, too, when you can – like, I love all the holiday decor. I love the fall time, but you're right. Like, that's when there's less crowds. It's just, like, the weather is perfect. I'll take a rainy day and bring Mm -hmm. an umbrella or, you know, rain jacket um, over the extreme heat that you get in, like, August. So, Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. What is your favorite Disney movie? How can you have a favorite? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This one's so hard. Um, I'm just going to go with Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. I've I've always loved that one. Um, Growing up, Princess Aurora was like my idol. Her hair, just like the perfect long hair with these perfect curls at the end. I wish 
my hair could do that. I know. Um, never could. But she just is that, it's that classic Disney story with the book that opens up at the beginning and then you just dive right in and you are transported into a fairy tale. Yeah. And who doesn't love a good fairy tale where good triumphs, evil, love conquers all? It's just a good feel good one. It's so classic. Here's my fun fact about Sleeping Beauty and Walt Disney. Um, you know, the Sleeping Beauty Castle is the name of the castle that's at Disneyland. And they had, I'm sure you know this already, Diana, but they had not actually made the movie Sleeping Beauty yet before 1955. Yes. Uh, so the castle was built as Sleeping Beauty's castle. And Walt's like, just trust me, you guys will know this castle soon. But uh, the movie's not out yet. So castle came first. <laughs> Perfect advertisement. Yeah, perfect advertisement on Walt's Always part. thinking, that guy. Um, okay, your favorite Disney song? Oh my gosh. These are such simple questions, but why is it so hard? Um, I have children now, so the one that's stuck in my head currently, we're going to go with, and that's, we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, we have, yeah, we've got kids the same age. We talked about this, and that that whole soundtrack, the Encanto soundtrack, is just on loop in our house constantly. And I don't know about oh, you. Yeah. Play it on the way to school, yep. on the way back from school. It's yeah. it's starting to infiltrate my dreams. So I'll wake up in the middle of the night and all I can no. hear is like, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no. And I'm just like, God, no. <laughs> Darn you, Lin-Manuel Miranda. But right. yes. Genius man. Genius. So genius. I'm sure him and he has kids. I'm sure he's even starting to regret it. I know. Um, who is your favorite Disney character? Live action or animated? It can be either. Your choice. Bert from Mary Poppins. Stop. Really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, who? I mean, Dick Van Dyke as a human being is just wonderful. I know. Like, that smile. Oh. But him as Bert, like, everyone just needs a Bert in their life. Like, a good friend Bert who's going to go with you on all these crazy adventures, doesn't ask questions. Yes. Like, how, how could you not love Bert? I know. He's so great. And Dick Van Dyke is so wonderful. His, like, ridiculous Cockney accent, the it's an old holiday with my right. Like, oh, he's so, he's so great. Um, okay. This is a really hard question. So take a second. Okay. What Disney movie or Disney character needs its own ride or representation in the parks? Hercules. <gasps> Good call. I feel like Epcot could use a Greek center with Hercules in it. I mean, you could do a few fabulous roller coasters, but also how is Greece not in Epcot? I know. They invented so much. I know. They have it in um, the Spaceship Earth. They kind of lightly touch on Greece in like the history of communication yeah. and that's and it. Small World has like a tiny little part, but I'm like, come on. I feel like Epcot can make some room for Greeks. Plus, the Hercules movie is also a solid soundtrack. They've got some great songs in there right? that you could really go to town with if you made a ride for it. Exactly. You could have a lot of fun with Greek mythology over there. Yeah. Um, all right, Diana. Well, that was all of my questions. You did great. Those are good answers. Yay. Uh, 
Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for joining. Um, Please keep in touch with us and let us know next time you guys are out here on the West Coast and plan another Disney trip. Uh, We all have to see that adorable caricature that your husband proposed to you with. So please send that our way. Um, And for everybody else, thank you so much for listening. We will be back again next week, hopefully with Adam, and we'll get to hear all about his awesome trip to Disney World. With that... Have a good one.